the LBC podcast, where we explore Christian theology and practice for building up of God's family. My name is Chris Moore, the children's ministry director at LBC. And I'm John Harrell, the worship director at LBC. And today joining us is Michael Sampley. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Michael. We appreciate you. Good to be here. Yeah. Yeah, for those of you who may not know Michael, or if you've been uh, living under a rock for a while, uh, Michael Sampley is a marriage and family therapist here in Bakersfield and has been for 38 years. Uh, He's currently serving on the elder board at LBC. He's a guy that just oozes musical talent, and he's basically just your average all-around good guy. Yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah. That's my intro for you. There you go. Good job, John. That was excellent. I tried. We'll keep, guess we'll keep him. It's <laughs> good. So today we have Michael with us because we're talking about a very important topic. We're talking about staying emotionally healthy for the long haul. And that's no matter what, regardless of the situation, crisis, um, challenges that we're going through, uh, especially what we're going through right now with uh, being locked down in our homes and the uncertainty in the world. Um, We want to know how we can stay emotionally healthy and all that. And so, which was funny, uh, earlier this week, John and I were reviewing the podcast, going over the questions that we wanted to ask you. And we realized that you have two great hosts. We're both emotional guys. We take a lot. So you guys don't need this, this podcast is for everyone. (laughs) No, it's a, we need to know how to manage our, (laughs) or you need to know how to manage them. Yeah. At least you own them. Chris yeah. and I, Chris and I cry about something at least once a week. So I mean, we gotta. <laughs> yeah, we're we're missing our uh, weekly hugs. When You're gonna see if after we talk today, hopefully that that's some good stuff. Yeah, it's awesome, awesome. Well, we're looking forward to that. Well, without further ado, Mike, we're gonna ask you a few questions during sure. the podcast, and um, we'll start off with John. I know he's got some some good stuff to ask you. Okay. Yeah. So, so when we're when we're talking about emotional health, this isn't something that um, seems to get talked about a lot in church circles. I feel like uh, you know, in our in our culture today, we value intellect, we value the mind, um, and it's somewhat we value feelings. In the church, we sent, we tend to put a lot of emphasis on the heart and on the spiritual side of things. And so, you know, sometimes emotions and feelings kind of get left on the on the back burner. I feel like in our conversations. And so I guess my first question is why do we, I mean, is it really all that important to talk about our emotions? Do they really matter? Um, talking about them or communicating them is a kind of two different things. I, I think it's important to uh, um, embrace the feelings that God has given us. I think they're a gift from him. I know they're a gift from him. He made us emotional creatures. And so we're supposed to um, hopefully um, be exercising them so that we can have great relationships with others and with him. So that's good. So, so it's, it's good and it's worthwhile for us to take this time to talk about our emotions and maybe even take more time to do that. Why, why, um, when we're talking about emotional health, does that have more to do with talking about communication and how we communicate our emotions? Um, Not always, but, you know, I think we were, I know we're, the scripture talks about us being designed for relationship. 
And the emotions that we have are something that um, cause us to get to a place where we're uh, communicating, especially with God. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, Chip Dodd. He wrote a book called The Voice of the Heart, and he talks about emotions, and he, and he talks about really there's only eight emotions. Um, and everything else is kind of a sub-emotion underneath those emotions. And each one of those um, are, are a gift, and we have to find the benefit in feeling those things. You know, today we live in a kind of crazy land trying to deal with um, the unknown. We're stuck in home. We're or at home. We're stuck with our family that we're not used to being stuck with all the time. I have people come into my office. I'm never retiring. I can't live with this person for the rest of my, I, I'm not going to retire. I'm not going to be home all the time with this person. I have, I have some people who are not used to being with their kids all the time. And they've got to figure out how to um, have a relationship with them on a constant basis because you really don't have a break. And so lots of emotions are popping up everywhere for um, us. And uh, learning how to manage them is going to be important. Um, these eight emotions are hurt, sadness, loneliness, fear, anger, shame, guilt, and gladness. And um, I'll, I, I kind of like to talk through them with you a little bit real quick to, just to help you um, see what happens if you don't um, manage your emotions. The whole body ends up getting an, an impact, not the church body. Eventually will the church body. but what happens is that even your physical body will get into trouble. Wow. You know, hospitals, um, normally hospitals have over nine, doctors will say 90% of those who fill hospital beds are in the hospital because of depression and anxiety. And those are the roots. And those are places that you're gonna go or struggle with if you don't embrace emotions and figure out how to resolve them and find the benefit in them. So does that make sense? Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd like to kind of, if I could talk about hurt a little bit, hurt is a good emotion because it names our woundedness. I've been wounded. And when I'm wounded, I need to seek resolve. I need to try to reach out and begin the healing process with someone or with myself um, or with God. So I need to embrace and feel that hurt and explore it and communicate it with God and others. If we don't, we become uh, the impaired state of somebody who does not embrace their emotion. They become resentful, which separates them from God and others. So hurt is a, a very valuable and important emotion. I think some of us are going to experience that through this week. You know, there's lots of hurt. I'm really hurt. I got laid off from my job. You know, I, I've been there forever. And, and they laid me off. I thought I would be the one who got to stay. You know, there's hurt there. We have to resolve that and chase it down so that you don't become resentful. And we communicate, do what you need to do so that you can communicate that hurt um, and feel that hurt and find the uh, value in it. Hmm. Sadness is another emotion. And what it does is it allows us to value and honor what's present and what's missed. My mom passed away many years ago. Um, I still get sad um, when I think of her. I'm sad and feel that sadness because she was important to me. She had value. So sadness means I've lost something precious or something that was important to me. 
And um, we value our losses with our tears. Tears are a way to kind of count the value in that person. Even the scripture talks about Jesus, or not Jesus, but God himself counts our tears in a bottle. They're important to him. They're communication to him. So those tears are, are really important, help us really connect with him. And so hopefully we um, are communicating our sadness and communicating with others. If you do not um, embrace sadness and feel it and, and talk to God and explore it, we end up in a place where we're just full of self-pity and feeling sorry for ourselves, which separates us from people again and it separates us from god <clears throat> loneliness is another feeling which allows us to ask god for help or others for help um, it helps us to reach out for relationship um, because that's why we were designed so when i feel lonely i need to say something i need to do something um god i'm lonely and um we'll talk in a little bit hopefully if we have time talk about um Heman who wrote Psalm 88, you know, he was desperate. He had all kinds of feelings and the ones we're talking about today are just like filled there. Um, but he kept talking to God. He reached out to him and he talked about his loneliness and his state. Um, if we don't reach out for relationship and we don't recognize our loneliness, that's what we feel, then we become apathetic. And the way we, um, live our life, which is separating us from people and from God. Um, fear is another emotion. It's a valuable emotion and everybody is heightened with uh, fear issues right now. Um, and, and there's good reason to be fear, fearful. Um, there's, there's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of I'm out of control. Um, and who is in control is even a question that people have. And frankly, God's the only one who is. So when I'm afraid, I will trust in God is what the scripture challenges us to do. So, but fear is an, an important emotion because it helps us to practice and prepare for accomplishment. I'm scared. I, I talked about this a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night thing, um, a Bible study that I did. And I hope you can go back and refer to that if you want to. But fear, um, is a gift for us because we can prepare ourselves and ready ourselves so that we can protect ourselves to some degree from, from danger. I'm afraid, so I'm gonna trust in God. I'm gonna cast my care and my anxiety on him. That's a good preparation um, and actually something to do. I'm afraid that I'm gonna get robbed, so I'm gonna lock my doors. It, that fear is an important thing. It's a gift to help me prepare. I'm in the Old Testament. I'm afraid my enemies are going to come and get me. So what do you do? You, you ready yourself. You get your army in place. You do what you've got to do in order to um, help with fear. Um, anger is another good emotion. Oh, excuse me. I didn't tell you it, um, fear. If you don't embrace it um, and you don't explore it and you don't do that preparation stuff and find the motivation to problem solve, um, you're going to end up with anxiety and rage. And anxiety is that crippled state. Fear has become something that's a huge problem. And you're in a, in a uh, anxious and uh, irate kind of a state, which separates you from people and from God. 
Um, anger, or that's fear. Anger is, um, it helps us to tell the truth. And um, it dares us to hope. And it, uh, it's a, a huge motivator. Ang anger is a, a great gift. It's, a, it's a, something that forces me to resolve and to, um, I, I just, I, I feel all of this rage and this anger inside of me or anger inside of me. I need to talk to God. I need to communicate. If I'm angry with my wife, I need to communicate with her. If I'm angry with my children, I need to reach out for that relationship. Something is wrong and needs to be right, right, righted as best we can. We've got to work toward resolve. If you don't resolve anger, it turns into to, um, to uh, perfection, perfectionism. You've got to have the ideal or the perfect um, situation in a spouse, in a church, in a, with God. You know, we will get to a place. He's not doing his job right. You know, I'm mad. You know, it's going to take you to that place of perfectionism um, and or depression. Um, it, it's something that really feeds because of that great disappointment. Um, real quick, shame is another one. And shame is a good, good emotion. It's an important one in our lives because it awakens us to our humility. Um, when we feel shame, we need to know our place. We are not in relation, we are not God. We are not perfect. We have a desperate need for him. We're not better than others. We need to be awakened in hum to humility so that we can have great relationships with others. If not, it becomes something that is impaired and we become prideful people. And that's toxic shame and pride and, and sometimes rage too. Um, so knowing our place is important. Um, shame awakens us to humility. And so I like that feeling. I want to embrace that feeling so it, it can help me find my place to reach out in humility to my wife or my friends if I've hurt somebody. Or God, I'm in desperate need of you. I'm a, I'm a sinner. I am. I'm, I need you. I, I, I can't do it. I'm, I need you. And so we're all kind of in that place right now to find how who's got the power now, really? Nobody does. Even our leaders don't have power. They, they might pretend to have power, but they're not in control. Our God is in control, right, John? Amen. Um, guilt is another one that um, is a good emotion. When I feel guilty, um, it helps me to uh, seek forgiveness and find find freedom in a relationship. If I'm um, feeling guilty, it just makes me want to make things right, to reconcile. And um, again, it's I want to reconcile with God and my wife. If I have, um, or my kids, or you know, I'm in a place where it's just Deanna and I most of the time at home. She's my main main person that um, these emotions are going to come up with. But um, I need to be able to seek forgiveness if I'm feeling guilty, if I have done something wrong. If not, again, I'm going to become prideful. And pride separates me from God and from my wife and from people, from whoever. The last, the, all of those are, are considered, we would consider them a negative emotion, but there's such a great gift in them because they move us toward people in the way that God wants us to. The last emotion, though, is gladness. 
and gladness is it's a positive emotion but really it's joy gladness and joy because it helps us to experience the fullness of life at the end of the week i'm ah you know my work is complete and and i can have joy um uh, i have a great contact uh contact with a friend or relationship with somebody a conversation i get to connect it gives me great joy i'm glad to be there um i've accomplished something as soon as this podcast is over woo, you know i get to celebrate i can have some joy and um if i don't it will take me to a place of seeking entertainment if i don't run to relationship and be grateful to god and express my gladness or joy with others I become impaired to the place where I'm going to seek entertainment and I'm going to chase happiness, which is very short. It's very, I, that's how um, people um, will run toward things to medicate with, with all of these impaired states. If we don't reach out for relationship, we reach to our addiction. So it could be, drinking it can be drugs it can be shopping it can be chocolate give me chocolate it can be um i'm gonna play video games i'm gonna um exercise some people over exercise they run 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 and go to exercise and they tear their bodies down because that's what they celebrate with and medicate with so that's where all the addiction kind of stuff comes in, which impairs the body. So if we don't take care of our feelings, it really does hit the body eventually wow. and cause a problem. So what are your thoughts on that? That makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate you explaining the, the emotions that we have. Um, so with, with those emotions that you've explained and described, Mike, and you've talked a little bit about communicating, there's a healthy way to, to work within those emotions. What, what is a healthy way to, I don't know if communicate those emotions, but express those emotions, live within those emotions, I guess is the right term. Um, what's a healthy way to, to live within that, um, those feelings that we have, emotions? Uh, I think it's very important that um, we pray that God will help us to be honest with what's going on inside. You know, I think men, a lot of times we're, we're taught to shove our emotions down. We don't, we're not supposed to be an emotional person. It shows weakness, but really it shows strength whenever you take it to a place of a benefit. Um, I think it has to do with honesty. You know, I, I want to be honest with you, God, and that's where we practice first. If you um, think about the Psalms, for example, that's the emotional, part it's the musician part john you know the bible all they're all songs and um both david all the psalmists um they're very emotional people and they um were not afraid to express their emotion and so we in our relationship with him with god we need to do the same and sometimes that can happen through journaling a lot of times if you don't trust your emotions or trust that you're going to handle them well journaling really helps it really helps to write out what is it that i'm feeling what's going on sometimes i have people write down an event on one side something happened and on the other side of the page when they journal i encourage them to write down how do you feel about that so i just did a podcast with chris and, and john you know and i was on there for 45 minutes or however long and um 
It was at the end of the day, blah, blah, blah. So that's what happened. It's the event. I, and a lot of people ha don't have a problem talking about their event. Now I need to talk about how I feel about that event. So what am I going to feel? I'm so relieved and happy that that's over with. I'm really, um, I was really scared or anxious or fearful whenever I started it because these, this thing is going to be on the internet for however long and people can go back and look at it. You might sound like an idiot during part of it. And I was scared that would happen. I was frightened. Circle those feeling words. And then I have something to talk to you about. You know, when I go home, I can tell my wife what I experienced or when I'm talking with a friend, I can, I can communicate and reach out. God, thank you that you got me through that. I was so afraid and you were there. You were rescued me. So I think trying to tell the truth and praying that I will be able to tell the truth about how I feel, which is not just fine. Mm -hmm. I don't just feel fine. I feel something. Try to figure out what that feeling is and, and communicate it. Yeah. So it, it just takes practice and you're not going to do it perfect all the time. I mess up all the time. Yeah. And I think, uh, I love that you described the journaling and going to God first. Um, I know, uh, I tend to be, I don't know if you could say more in touch with my emotions, but because I feel a lot, then I'm analyzing it a lot. Okay. What is this? Like, what am I feeling? What is that? Um, I know there's people that I know that they don't know what emotions they're feeling, or maybe they don't have an emotion over a, um, an event or, or something that occurred. Um, and so I think the journaling, you know, it requ forces you to, this is what happened. What am I feeling about this? And kind of analyze that. So analyzing our emotions sounds like that's, that's a good thing to do. Is that what you're saying? Anal analyzing it, but you, we always feel it. You feel something, there's a tension inside. There's some kind of a, a physical response most of the time with all of those feelings. Um, so when recognizing when they're there is important and then trying to communicate them before they move to an impaired state is what we've got to try to do. Gotcha. You do not, you want to do it sooner rather than later, quickly talk, quickly relate to those you love and to God. Good. That's good. good. That's good. You know, sharing, sharing that list of the eight emotions that you shared with us, it is probably a little surprising to most people who are watching this. I know that it's really profound for me that um, seven out of those eight really are taken, as you said, as negatives. That typically we, we look at things like, uh, you know, shame and anger and guilt and loneliness or, you know, that, that we can tend to look at those things as negatives to be avoided at all cost. But what you're saying is we need to embrace those because they're God-given and it should lead us towards positive, emotional, healthy change um, right. as, we're, as we're communicating those things. And, you know, I, one, one, one emotion that tends to take center stage during this time, um, I know that we're hearing it from folks from even here at LBC, but we see it in our culture as well, is that fear seems to really be a, a, a major emotion that a lot of people are feeling right now. And it's either rooted in the possibility of losing a job or it's rooted in, uh, you know, the, the fear of getting sick or the fear of a loved one getting sick. Um, 
like you said before, looking to the government doesn't give us a whole lot of help when nobody seems to be knowing what's going on and nobody can really seem to agree on anything. And so, you know, fear, you know, taking a, a positive spin on it. I mean, what, what's, what's a healthy level of fear? How do we manage that as well? That's probably my sec- second part of my question. What's a healthy level of fear that we should be taking um, as we look at the world around us and as we look at the culture that we're living in right now? Oh, I think the main thing is who is in control? There's only in control. So when I'm afraid, the first place I want to run is to my Lord. His ways are higher than mine. He does God his way, not Mike's way, not John's way, not Chris's way. He um, does it his way. And I have to keep my eyes on eternity and the promises of his word that worst case scenario scenario is that all of us end up in heaven if we belong to him. Mm-hmm. I am fearful that maybe some loved ones and friends don't know him yet. In that case, I need to prepare for accomplishment and maybe uh, reach out and say, man, I, I want to talk to you about Jesus. And, and um, I want to share what he means to me because I, w- I really want you to know him too. You know, so it can prompt us to be more uh, evangelical, reaching out to others and sharing our faith, um, talking to our children about it, making certain that they know that the most important thing in life is not that we get to stay in this house or I don't ha- that we don't have to move or that it, it, the most important thing in life is that we're right with God and that we trust him and we learn to place our trust in him so that he can He's going to take care of us. And also to remind them, he doesn't promise that we don't get to suffer. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is not a guarantee. A lot of times we come to the faith in order to get something. You know, we we want something from God. But really what we need is relationship with him and forgiveness of our sin. That's what we need from him. All of our petitions and requests are not that important in comparison to that. So staying focused, I think, on our relationship with um, our creator and our savior and the God who loves us um, is is what's going to help us um, get through this. I mean, truly, he has always provided for us. And our culture and our country, it's is sort of silly for us to fret because I'm, I'm reading things from missionaries all over the world um, we've got some of our own missionaries all over the world struggling with locusts and t- on top of this um, famine. There's all kinds of things that are going on, and God does not promise that we're not going to have that. You know, I'm just great. We have so much more than we even realize, and so focusing on and and counting the greatness um, of God and His provision and thanking Him every day is something that helps keep my heart focused where it needs to be when I'm afraid. That's good. That's good. I, I, I think that some people um, might be thinking of all the passages of Scripture where God is instructing us to not be fearful, where He instructs us not to fear. And it can seem like what you're saying um, is running contrary to that. What would you, what would you say to someone that is not really what the scripture is saying. It's, it's like when I'm afraid, trust mm-hmm. in is what the word says. It doesn't yeah. say don't be afraid because that's a bad thing to do. It's basically saying don't panic. That's a bad thing to do. 
when you're afraid, trust in me. So that's what, that's what he's really instructing us to do in all of those passages. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am God. I will strengthen you, surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mm -hmm. You're mine. You know, he, those promises and those passages all have to do with don't go to the impaired state of fear, which is anxiety. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's good. Yeah, Isaiah 41.10 was the one that came to mind, and you basically quoted it. Fear not, for I am with you. This is God speaking to his people. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So it, it really has little to do with my own strength to control my circumstances or my surroundings, which I have none. It has everything to do with the fact that God is, um, that he is sovereign and that, and that he loves us. And we can, we can trust in that. Right. Good. That's awesome. Good. So Mike, we mentioned uh, earlier and you've talked about the impaired state. If you allow the emotion to, uh, kind of go to its full extent without addressing it. Um, you mentioned um, addictions are kind of a result of that. Um, um, and so my mind is, what if somebody's kind of in that impaired state in their emotions? Maybe they've let fear take over to where they're constantly anxious and they're, they're, they're worried um, or you know, they've allowed guilt to go to the extreme or they're enraged. Um, how do you help someone kind of get out of that and get back into a healthy state uh, for someone who maybe has been in that, in that position for a period of time? So how do I help them or how do they help themselves? How do they help themselves? I guess is a better question. Okay. <laughs> what would you recommend? Um, talking to God. Hmm. You know, I, I think if you're in an impaired state, with a lot of those negative emotions, your relationships are erect too. I mean, they're just gonna, they're gonna be a problem. Eventually we have to get to the place where I'm ready to talk and try to unwind this because I've gone too far with this emotion. And so again, it's, it's still, you still have to reach out for relationship. You're just doing it late. So I, I think talking, talking to God whenever you're that desperate, I, I feel like, um, Heman, and I mean, it might be a good passage to read. I don't know if we have time to do it, but um, he's picking desperate. <laughs> he needs yeah. needs help. He's out of sorts, and he communicates all the things that he feels, and I love it. That's a it's a psalm that doesn't resolve. You know, there's no happy ending. Yeah, and that's part of it, and I think God leaves it there because sometimes those periods can be very long when God is silent. Or when our loved one doesn't reconcile with us, yeah. you know, we have to continue to find and do our part in the relationship to continue to reach out. Job, you know, he was ticked that he got upset with God too. And, and, you know, but he kept talking and he stayed faithful. He chose to do the right thing anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I am. Um, I, I really feel like we need to communicate and, and talk about what's going on on, on the inside. Yeah, no, that totally answers my question. Cause you know, there, there's one or two people I can think of in my life that I would say that they're, 
they're, they're pretty deep and far along in, you know, maybe anger or hurt. Um, and so it's very simple to kind of come out of that where they need to be praying. They need to be talking to God and seeking relationship. Um, and I could see a way for me to come alongside that person to help with that, um, to try to seek that reconciliation. Um, but, and I think we need to be on the, you know, if you've got a friend who's experiencing those things or a loved one who's experiencing those emotions and they finally talk to you, the most important thing you can do is care about them and love them. We need to love them. We need to love one another. And that's one of the, the jobs of the church. You know, people are supposed to look at the church and see how they love one another. They care about one another. They do life together. They support one another. They bear one another's burdens. They um, when one rejoices, they all rejoice. When one suffers, they all suffer. You know, uh, we're supposed to walk with each other and not be alone. God does not want us alone. Hmm. Right. So I, I pray hard that God will help me to be able to be there whenever somebody is talking, communicating, and that we get away from just saying, um, fine. I encourage people to put it on a scale of zero to a hundred. Where are you? Or 10 even zero to 10. Today is an eight day. You know, it's not perfect, but this is where I'm at. It may open the door for me to talk about something now. So I'm a little discouraged because um, I might get laid off. And so then I can care for that person. Mm. Understand whenever they start to communicate their needs, but try to stay, trying to stay away from fine. Of course, how are you is really just a greeting anymore. Please tell me how you're doing. You know, it's a good question. I care. And uh, make sure you got time if you're going to ask the question because relationships take time. Yeah. Yep. Well, Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you a curveball here real quick. I think we have a little bit of time. Um, okay. <laughs> for those of us with kids at home, um, I know I've got, I've got, uh, everything from teenagers down to a kindergartner. Um, <laughs> I know Chris has got his little ones. Uh, you know, what would you recommend during this season? Because kids are facing a lot of anxiety and fear during this time too, some of which might come from their parents, but a lot of it comes from their friends um, or what their friends perceive of how things are going on. Going on. Um, what sort of things can, can I as a parent do to help shepherd my child's emotions during this season? Uh, one thing that we all have to remember, you know, we have to learn to self-regulate. You know, that's something that I, I have to do that myself. You cannot keep your kids dependent on them, on you, um, to be their comfort. Um, when they're afraid, um, they've got to learn how to self-regulate that emotion, and they've got to learn how to problem-solve what they need to and prepare for accomplishment with that fear. What can they do? So I think, I think um, we've got to get comfortable as parents and letting the kids be uncomfortable, mm -hmm. not trying to, to fix it too fast for them. Um, you, you want them to learn to try at least to um, resolve their anxiety first before you do it all for them. Um, if you comfort them too quickly, then that's going to make them dependent on you and it might make you, make you feel a little bit better um, it might make things immediately better for them too, but it, in the long run, it can make it more difficult for them to um, learn to calm themselves and to find the benefit in it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think it's good for them to reach out for a relationship, but you don't want to do all the work for them. So I, I think it's important for you to, to have them get talking, you know, help, help me, um, help me understand what's going on. Um, tell me how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. You want to validate them um, before you go, trust God. You know, you don't want to jump right in with a verse or, you know, that's silly for you to worry about that. Mm-hmm. All that does was it's called gaslighting. You, you set that little kid on fire. It makes it way worse when you, when you don't validate the feeling, man, it sounds like it's really hard on you. You're having a hard time and I'm sorry. You empathize, you care. Um, validate them normalize the fear sometimes you know by sometimes i'm afraid too and um just care be patient with them and then help them make a plan you know help them figure out how to set goals on on what i can do um i think there are some things that we need to do as parents to protect them right now i think i i would never let them listen to the news i would listen to it private um protect them from the contradictions that are all over the media. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about it with your spouse or your friends in earshot. You know, they don't need the burdens of an adult. They're supposed to be carefree. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be lighthearted. They're supposed to be having fun. And so we can put undue stress on them by not protecting them from some of the adult stuff that we're all concerned about. So I, I think that's really, really important. <laughs> and just encourage them. Um, and, and then reinforce the fact, man, you're being really brave about this. And I'm really proud of you. Um, you got this. You want to, um, this is what I do. You know, you model for them. Um, you know, when I'm afraid, I really, I, I really realize that God's far bigger than this. He's bigger than me. He helps me breathe every day. Every breath I take is one he gave me. You know, he gave us our home, he gave us everything, and he's in control. So teaching them the omnipotence of God and the omnipresence of God, you know, his, his care, his power, his omnipotence, you know, it, it's, he's in control. And so talking with them about them, making, making it real, not just a verse, but, you know, I really get on my knees, guys, and pray. And that's what, let's do that. Let's trust him because he's big and remind them of the ways he's been faithful to them and to you. Um, So that's something that's important. I think it's important to be a role model and you can introduce them to other role models. There are other people out there that, you know, like David trusted God or Joseph, you know, you can use some of the Bible characters. Um, the disciples were afraid sometimes too. And see, Jesus did, it was all okay. Jesus took care of it. He rose from the dead. Use the stories of the scriptures and help them see that God is big and real because that's where our source is really on info on God. I think I'm um, just being patient with them, leading by example, um, encourage them and praise them and answer their questions. Um, sometimes distractions okay, but if it's really an important question, I think it's important for you to, um, you know, be very direct. And sometimes the answer is I don't know, and that's okay. We don't get all of our answers. Yeah. Um, encourage them to stay calm, and that we're all going to get through this. 
you know, everybody's in the same, in the same place, but we have a God who's in control. So I think calming them with those truths is important. I don't know. Now that's really good practical stuff. Thank you. Um, one final question. I know we're, we're kind of uh, running out a little bit of a time here, but I wanted to address folks who may be single, um, meaning they're at home by themselves. They don't have a family uh, like you know we do at home. Um, how, what can they be doing to help process the emotions and, and, uh, and stay healthy during this time? Um, part of it, you know, it doesn't matter whether we're single or whether we're married mm -hmm. or whether we have parents still. You know, we, we all have opportunity for relationships. And so we have a, re that's one of the reasons, you know, I encourage everyone, please develop a relationship, get together with people, make friends. Um, you may not have somebody who's present right now and during Corona time to help hold you or hug you. Um, but during this, I think there are times when, when it's like that in life and scripture times for certain, that's the way it was. You didn't have somebody with you, but you continue to talk with God and you, and try to reach out to a friend. I think life groups are important. I'm really glad our life groups are, are doing the zoom life group meetings. You can mm -hmm. still be in a relationship with them and have them care and communicate with them and talk. Um, being single is no different. I, I know they might, a single person might feel very different than me because it seems like you've got it all, all right there in front of you and you can take advantage of it. But that's not always the case. I think sometimes it's very difficult to communicate with your spouse if you got one. Um, or you can't talk to your mother. Your dad's a ridiculous person. You know, our relationships are all, all work. It doesn't matter we still have the responsibility to reach out for others. And I think those of us who are um, in family units and we have lots of friends, we need to keep our eyes on those who are single that we know, reach out to them and see how they're doing. Um, we have a responsibility there as well. So uh, for single folks, I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like there's a lot of responsibility. And if they're impaired, they may be fearful to reach out for relationships. So I think trying to understand, I'm going to embrace my emotions and I'm going to try hard to communicate with somebody. Mm -hmm. um, best friends don't come along all the time. Some people have one in their life and they die and they're no more best friends. Um, we just, we do the best we can to reach out and develop new relationships. They may not be as deep as they once were. Some, some people, they lose their spouse. I know there are many in our church who've lost their spouse in the last couple of years and they're alone. Um, and it's hard. It's harder when you're used to having somebody to talk to, but we do need to reach out for a relationship. We need to make the effort. That's something that we can do. That's something we've got control of. And it may not be, there may not be the exact person you want available at just the exactly the right time. Um, it's, it's persistence. It's, it's pursuing relationship. We have to pursue our relationship with God and we have to pursue our relationship with others. Hmm. Good, good. Well, getting close to, to needing to wrap up. Um, I know you've, you've referenced Psalm 88 a few times during our podcast. So, 
I don't know if we would have time to run through that now, but um, I would encourage the church and anybody who's watching this to, to spend some time reading it. Um, Mike, if there's a couple highlights out of that uh, Psalm that you'd want to share, you're, you're welcome to do that now. Um, but definitely encourage the church to read through it um, when they have some time to read it. You bet. I mean, he starts off with like uh, in, in verse number one, Lord, uh, Lord, the God who saves me day and night, I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I'm overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like one without strength. I'm set apart with the dead, like the slain who, he, who uh, lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You've put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. You've, your wrath lies heavily on me, and you're overwhelmed. You've overwhelmed me with all of your waves. I mean, he goes on and on and on, and it pretty much goes throughout the whole, um, that whole passage, um, and it doesn't get resolved. I think it's just important talk, talk to him, and go to him. Um, there's there's a a line in the Princess Bride that says, "Life is uh, life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says different is selling uh, something." <laughs> you, know, so you, you gotta. <laughs> Life is stinking hard. It's supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy. It's difficult. And if we can embrace the fact that it's difficult, then we can start to problem solve. If you avoid problem solving, you're going to medicate. So I, I, I think it's, I think God is willing to walk with us through the valleys. And I'm grateful for that. He gives me lots of, he gives us lots of great times and he gives us uh, valleys. Sadly, I've known people who've had very years and years and years of being in the valley. Breaks my heart for them. But boy, I encourage them to continue to reach out to God and continue to talk. Because if you look at the Psalms, even Heman, he eventually moved from the pit. Oh, you were there all along. You were in control. You know, I, I hate to throw out the verse almost that God works all things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. But it's true. Mm -hmm. you know, he'll take our suffering. He'll take our hard times, all those painful things that we're going through, the difficulties in life. Somehow on the other end, I've watched it over and over again, him make incredible treasure out of that plunder. I mean, he brings great things out of it. People who've lost loved ones, people who've, broken relationships, marriages, um, infertility. Um, there, there are so many issues that we can, physical problems, um, death of loved ones, all of those things, you know, he somehow uses for his good because life on this earth is not the most important thing to him. Eternity is the most important thing to him. Amen. Us in eternity is the most important thing to him. That's what we have a hard time remembering. We can forget if we're not careful. So keep your eyes on heaven every day. It's important. Amen. 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 Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. I know that you've had a huge ministry and a huge impact on so many different people's lives at LBC and here in Bakersfield and beyond. And 
we're just so thankful for you and thankful for your friendship. And uh, I know that this has been no doubt a blessing for many, many people here today. So Hopefully. I appreciate you guys too. I'm doing these. It's, I know it's a little bit of work, so I appreciate you too. Yeah. It's a little bit of work. Just a little <laughs> bit. It's fun work. It is fun work. <laughs> we got to find ways to have fun, right? That's right. That's right. That's find right. Some, some gladness. Yep. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, Michael, thank you so much. You've been listening to the LBC podcast, a podcast of Laurel Glen Bible Church in Bakersfield, California. If you like listening to the podcast, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on all new podcasts. Thank you for listening and God bless you. We'll see you next time.